Hey, Marshall. Hi, Elizabeth. Do you want to talk about Lost? I'm a little scared. Yes, I do. A little, you should be a little scared. I'm a little <laughs> Yes? This is Jungle Mystery Podcast, and we talk about Lost here. Today we're talking about Season 3, Episode 6, I Do. I do. It's a Kate episode, and I like it, and I don't hate Kate in this episode. So, I, I don't tread carefully. <laughs> I don't hate Kate either. But that tread leaves carefully. quite a quite a vast gap between hate and the other emotions one can experience. I feel very bad for Kate in this episode, but I also think she makes poor decisions. <laughs> yes, that is that is correct. But I feel very bad for her. And this is definitely, if it wasn't already clear, kind of the beginning of the downward spiral of her character into, like, purely existing for the love triangle and not really having much agency of her own. That sucks because it's not good. Yeah. I have read interviews where Evangeline Lilly has talked about throwing scripts across the room because she was so fucking frustrated having to read like what was happening to this character that was pitched to her so well yeah and she was like really this is this is kate now (laughs) and you know she like a lot of a lot of the actors on the show fell in love with what they were pitched and then were kind of disappointed with where their characters went yeah this is kind of one of the most blatant ones early on where it's like this is this is what Kate is to this show is a uh, love triangle fodder. Yeah, exactly. But I do feel bad for her, <laughs> the character in this episode, because she just wants to love somebody. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just not it's just not meant to be. No, but it's so much. Yeah, we'll get into it. But we dive into the flashbacks and uh, talk about our guest star. Nathan Fillion. Yeah, were you excited? I was surprised. <laughs> I know, it's uh, a shock. Because <laughs> this is after Firefly. Yes. This is like three or four years after Firefly. Firefly yeah. was 2003. Yeah, 2002. so he was probably a, a pretty big get. You know what I mean? Like, ooh, fun sci-fi action man Nathan Fillion is going to cameo in, uh, in Lost. Yeah. So, yeah, we have... This opening sequence in a hotel, she's wearing a bad wig again. Or is she wearing a wig? Or is her hair just styled weird? It looked like a bad wig. It must not be a wig. There's no way that she did this entire relationship with this guy in a wig. Right? I, don't, I mean, I don't know that it was supposed to be a wig in context, but it certainly looked like a wig. Right, right, for right, right, shooting. Right. Yes. Oh, for sure it was a wig. Uh, yeah. Anyway. And not a good one. Not a great one. So, yeah, we've got bangs now. And a little, like, fringy haircut. <laughs> Bangs with a Z, because they're not real. <laughs> so, yeah, she's in a hotel room, and this cop comes up and knocks on her door and is, like, trying to be all threatening through the door, like he's going to bust in. But you see her smirking the whole time, and and she opens the door, and it's her boyfriend, fiance, yep. Kevin. Kevin. Fucking, Kevin the cop. Fucking Kevin. Oh, man. Can we talk about Kate hooking up with a cop like really kate it's fugitive, weird it, it's a weird kate. choice it's very weird it's it's like, just kind of one of those things where it's like the first thing that comes to mind is like indiana jones films or like james bond where he hooks up with the enemy you know yeah yeah it's just it's like a trope yeah except that he's like kind of just like a fresh-faced boy kind of right and like, maybe that was it it's like kind of Oh, if I can get in good with this young cop who doesn't know any better, then it's kind of like a shield, right? Because yeah, p- Who's going to suspect the wife of a cop, I guess? Yeah. As being a fucking fugitive. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, I guess fugitive. I get it, but yeah. Yeah, in our next flashback, we have this reveal that they're about to get married. He says it's bad luck to see the bride, or she says it's bad luck to see the bride before the wedding. And then he goes on about how he loves her, and he says... And these flashbacks are full of shit like this. He says, I know it's real, and I know that I love you, Monica. <laughs> yeah. 
This was especially funny during the vowels. Oh, God. I mean, they're so heavy-handed with it in this episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Monica. So we flash, we flash Monica to... and Kevin. <laughs> Jesus. What a name, Monica. Maybe she's a Friends fan. Yeah, big uh, Courtney Cox fan. Maybe. So Monica's mother-in-law gives her this family necklace to pass on. She's wearing a wedding dress that's very early 2000s, but it's pretty on her. Yeah, it's a pretty dress. It's just, I didn't love it. But it looks, I mean, she's hot, so she looks fine in it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, so this scene, it's really, really laying on thick. The guy who's officiating says, when I first met you, I was struck by your By honesty. your honesty. <laughs> and then at one point he says, what you see is what you get. So funny. <laughs> Good God. Is that... Excess dramatic irony, right? Yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's supposed but, to, but be, it's just like I said, they're being they're being heavy handed so about it. It's so blatant. Like yeah. it's it's uh, yeah, it's just very funny. That I think it's all these flashbacks be... are so heavy handed. Yeah, yeah. They're always super corny, but they also kind of reveal something about the character. Like it is very corny in this episode. How many times people are like, "Oh, you're so trustworthy," and you know, "I really know you." Blah blah blah, Monica. But it kind of highlights, like, how guilty she feels about it, right? Yeah. So it works, but yeah, it's super corny. So we see her getting groceries for Taco Tuesday. Taco Tuesday. And then she goes to play. Well, she says Taco call. Night. Taco, oh, sorry, Taco Night. You're right. Taco, Taco Tuesday Night. is a modern invention. Right. <laughs> she goes to a payphone, sets a timer, and calls the marshal. And... She begs him to stop chasing her, and he realizes what's happening. He says, what's his name? Uh, Does he know who you really are? She says that she really loves him, and he tells her that if you can stay put and actually settle down, that I will stop chasing you. But you and I both know that's not going to happen. And then her timer goes off, and she hangs up real quick. Yeah, I mean, this is—that never happens. That's not a thing. When she's like, please stop coming after me, like— Really? Like, yeah, like he's gonna be first of all have the authority to just decide to leave her alone. I mean, I guess he's clearly not like a great guy, so I guess he could like feign incompetence and just. But why? Why would you do that? I don't know. It makes zero sense. I mean, I think that we should have, like, full disclosure. We don't really see a whole lot more of her dynamic with him, but. The little that we have seen, it just really feels like there's something between them. Yeah, but like it, to the extent that she thinks that this might work, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, but she call, she call. It's like she's calling her probation officer to let let them know they like stepped out of state lines briefly. Like it, it's just so weird. Like no one ever has that kind of relationship with a person that's hunting them. Like they don't know the name. Like, you don't, when you're, like, being hunted. Well, that, that, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. It implies that there is something deeper there between them. That, yeah. That, unfortunately, we haven't gotten to see. And we like, won't get to see, apparently. Yeah, I mean, we, I, I don't really think we see much more of him at all, if, if any. That that's really, fine. It's a weird yeah, it's dynamic a weird that dynamic. doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah. But I have always gotten the impression that, it does feel like there's something there. That he's in love with her. Super inappropriate. Yeah, for sure. And he's a creepy creep. <laughs> Very yeah. eloquent. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's a creepy cop. <laughs> yeah, so, I, I don't know. It's a very, very... We don't have enough context for it to be in, anything other than just a weird, out-of-place scene. And we wouldn't really... I don't know. It's It sets up later... Right in our next scene, he uh, Kevin says he wants to finally take her on a honeymoon. Yeah, and let's she go to Costa Rica. Right? Get it's your like, passport oh. ready. Yeah, it's like oh, I can't go anywhere, right? Because the cop said not to. He said to stay put. But it's like, I mean, we already know that you can't really travel easily. Well, yeah, it doesn't matter what you the know cop what I mean? says. It's like you don't need. You're yeah. a fugitive. You're not a real. Your name is not your name. Like you right. don't have a real ID. Right. The the line. Or, or the, the 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 concept of the passport or whatever like that that's heavy enough without that weird scene of like don't go anywhere Kate 
Yeah, it's like, not, we already know she can't. That works. Yeah, we already know she can't go anywhere. We don't it's like, I can't, it's like I can't call the IRS and say, please stop taxing me. Right, right. Agent James. I <laughs> think what it ta- was is they just, they needed, for the audience, they needed someone to say out loud for whatever reason. You know, they needed someone to say out loud, Kate, you can't go anywhere. But there was no one else to say that to her, if that makes sense. Like, it had to be the cop. I mean, how dumb do they, the audience just, is that they don't understand how a passport works? I, I don't know. It's just like, it felt like hand-holding for the audience. Like, remember, kids, Kate can't leave town. <laughs> like, have we f- really forgotten that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That's the only reason I could think. Unless it was meant to tease more of their relationship and maybe we were supposed to see more of it. And this was supposed to, like, pique your interest and be like, what the fuck is going on here? Well, but, it, di- it didn't. Yeah. <laughs> At least speaking it just personally. This may this was like please there were this is another this season has probably been the most roller coaster of a season in terms of quality for me. Because yeah, there have yeah, been moments where I'm like, oh yeah, and moments where I'm kind of on my phone scrolling Instagram waiting for the scene to change. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. And I agree. I think I told you that um, you might feel that way about this season. Yeah. Like, it has very high highs, but the lows are pretty low. Yeah, it's like, I'm just kind of, I honestly, I was waiting for, like, scenes with uh, Jack and, uh, and Ben. Ben, yeah. Yeah. And th- we have those in this episode. And oh, and they're, uh, and they're great. Yeah. <laughs> and the rest of it is kind of. Yeah, a little bit. Our next, or our, I think this is our final flashback, is a callback to, do you remember in season one, Kate plays Never Have I Ever with Sawyer in one episode, and he asks if she was married, and she takes a tiny, tiny little sip. She says it didn't last very long. Yes. No, I remember that she was married. Yeah, okay. And then in season two, the episode where we find out that Sun is pregnant, she mentions that she's taken a pregnancy test before. Right. So we see her doing that in this episode too. So she drugs Kevin. She she takes a pregnancy test. It's negative. She's super relieved, and that kind of seems to push her over the edge, right? Yeah, but like, what's the timeline there? Does she already put the Valium in the drink, and she's like, "I gotta go piss on this stick." Well, <laughs> no, I think that was probably like a couple hours before or something. I, I, um, I didn't. I didn't get that. Okay. Maybe. I don't know. I, I don't know if she walked out of the bathroom immediately after peeing on the stick and then drugged him. I don't know. It was just like, <laughs> she had, she was like, I'm going to pre-drug him, and if it doesn't work out, I'm going to leave, and if it does work out, I'm, <laughs> he's got, I'm going to he's gonna wake up, and I'm going to tell him you've got, you know, orthostatic pressure issues. <laughs> like, oh, God. that whole scene was so dumb. Oh, God. I drugged you. With what? That's not cool. It's not cool. It's super not cool. But, I mean, she said she did it to protect him. Yeah. So it's like, you know, he didn't let her get away. She, she drugged him. (laughs) Yeah, it's okay. I only, I only put you in danger of, uh, of respiratory arrest. No, it's fine. It's fine. He's young and hearty. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, that's never, that's never (laughs) killed anybody before. (laughs) No one's ever crossfaded a bunch of different drugs and, and died <laughs> at a healthy young age. So anyway, she tells him she's a fugitive. For, she blew up her dad. And What if I told you I'm a fugitive because I blew up my dad? That, by the way, by the way, when she said I blew up my dad. <laughs> oh, man. That In retrospect, happen. that is the funniest way to describe what happened. <laughs> I blew up my dad. It's not like I committed arson. Stop. It's like, no. I think you're trying to feel bad for Kate. I'm, I'm on the run because I blew up my fucking dad. <laughs> it's so, it's, it, it was funny at the time and it's even funny, funnier looking back at it. Oh man, I blew up my dad. What a fucking phrase. They should have named that episode. I blew up my dad. <laughs> All right, all right, stop, oh, stop. man. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, sorry, go ahead. Anyway, I do, I, blown up dads aside. 
I can't see that. I can't say that. Fuck. Sorry. I feel bad for Kate. Okay. Her life sucks. She just wants to be a little domestic housewife. I just want to cook eggs and and she... and, and and have babies and not for think about the fact that I blew up my dad. Okay, man, this is a particularly Jack! I blew up my dad. <laughs> okay, okay, she okay. blew up her dad. Moving on, she did the thing that I love in Kate episodes, where I think it might have actually happened in every single Kate episode so far, where she says, "My name's not blank." Oh yeah. So she does the whole. My name's not Monica. <laughs> But she didn't I, say her actual name. Right. She never She never does. But she always says, my name's not whatever, right? My name's not episode. Monica. My name's it's not Rachel. Amy. My name's not Monica. <laughs> my name's Rachel and I blew up my dad. My name's Phoebe. <laughs> I blew up my smelly cat. Okay, okay, fuck. We have to move on from the dad and the blowing up. <laughs> um, That's Kate's flashbacks. I wanted to have this super in-depth conversation about how we feel bad for her. <laughs> and... She really is a character worth pitying, but she blew up her dad, so. I mean, I, listen, there's, I mean, I do feel bad to a certain extent, but there's, it's just the absurdity of the scenes. I felt, uh, listen, I, I think the episode where she blew up her dad was a lot more impactful <laughs> than this one. Like, I that, that one, to me, was a much more yeah, yeah. interesting Kate episode than this. Yeah. Even, like, island happenings aside, I think the actual flashbacks in that episode were better. This one was just, it just didn't do it for me. Like, the peak the peak of all those flashbacks was the fact that Captain What's-His-Putz was there. Captain yeah. Malcolm, whatever. Oh, God. Nathan Fillion, I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. It's definitely one of the lower quality Kate episodes. Like, even when she was doing the femme fatale thing robbing the bank, that was as goofy as that was. That was still better than this. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It was uh, a little bit corny. And then, let's see. I think that's all for the flashbacks. Yes. Okay. Now we get to the juicy, juicy. The juice good shit. <laughs> on the island. <laughs> that was gross. <laughs> Listen, this is another, this is an episode that um, 14 or 15 I think 15. 15 year old Elizabeth really enjoyed this. I, the whole time I was watching this, I was like, God, Elizabeth, when she first watched this, must have just been panting. 15 year old Elizabeth was very jealous of both Sawyer and Kate in this episode. (laughs) (laughs) And it was, uh, it was good for 15 year old Elizabeth. I mean, I I get it in that context. But watching it now, I was waiting for the next thing to happen. (laughs) Oh. Well, let's see. We have one of the scenes that you were excited for, Jack and Ben. Yes. On the island. Oh, there's a scene where all I wrote is Kate is trying to cheer up her island boyfriend. What happens in that scene? Oh, she wakes up and Sawyer is like chucking rocks at the bear feeding thing. Okay, right, right. Yeah, okay. okay. Yeah, no, I guess nothing of note happens in that scene. No, no, it's just some, <laughs> some dumb banter. Yeah, okay. Well, the first exciting scene on the island. Jack is talking to Ben about his tumor, and Ben looks pretty nervous. I really like. There were there were a couple moments in this episode where Jack's acting was pretty stiff, but most of this I really liked. Yeah, Jack. When the previous time that this happened, right when he revealed to Ben that he knew what was going on, and then this scene, like when he's trying to intimidate Ben. He's doing a really good job. He's actually intimidating him. Yeah. yeah, he's actually like keeping a level head and being kind of scary, and it's awesome. Like seeing seeing Jacket in control of something and not being like a, a goofy sad boy is yeah, a much better sure. look. So he says, you know, he's he's telling him about the tumor and all this horrible shit, and he says, "You need to be in surgery yesterday." And Ben is like, all right, great, you know, tell me what you need. <laughs> and he says, no, I think you misunderstand me. I didn't say I was going to do it. I just want you to understand how you're going to die. And the entire time he's, like, cackling. Yeah. It's very good. And God, Ben says, I'm very disappointed in your decision. And Jack says, at least you won't have, have to be disappointed l- for yeah. very long. Oh, and it's so like, good. damn, Jack. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> when, when we've, and maybe, <clears throat> maybe that's a bonus of, like, the other times where Jack has 
kind of been lackluster in his responses, but like when he hits like this, it's it's very Oh man, enjoyable. when he gets a good line, he really gets a good line. Yeah. At least you won't have to be disappointed for, for very, very long. long. That was very good. It's like the most badass thing he's ever said. Yes. <laughs> oh Like man. him actually sticking it to somebody yes. and not just being like bouncing from one sad thing to another. So good. Satisfying. So let's see. Back with Sawyer and Kate. Pickett comes to get Kate to make her go to work. But he says that Sawyer has the day off and she refuses to go. She says Sawyer and I are a team. And then Pickett. It's just like, whatever, okay. And he opens Sawyer's cage and says, I wouldn't want to break up the team. Was was that just because she didn't want to be away from him? Yeah, I think that she's afraid of what will happen. Like, why would they want to separate us, right? What are they going to do to him? What are they going to do to me? So it's like a, we're not going to be out of each other's sight kind of thing. Okay. Uh, which makes sense to me. They're working on their, you know, whatever it is. We don't know. Rock chipping. <laughs> and Alex shows up again. And... She's asking about her boyfriend. She says, what did you do to him? Where is he? I want to talk to Ben. Yeah. As if, you know, that's something that she has the authority to request. She tells Kate they're going to kill your boyfriend just like they killed mine. So again, very, like, very interested to learn more about Alex, right? Doesn't she also... <clears throat> okay, this is maybe an audio thing again, where we have confused Danny for Daddy. Danny, she... Danny, Danny, Danny. No one okay. ever calls him Daddy. It's always Danny. If you think you're hearing Daddy, you're hearing Danny. <laughs> okay, because I didn't know if that was supposed to be her actual no, name. No, 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 no. Danny. Danny Pickett. Okay. I know his name is Danny, but it sounded like she said, where is he, Daddy? No. Okay. No. Not, in, not in, like, a sexual way. No, I thought, I, know, I, I, thought, I thought it was like, uh, like, oh, well, what a reveal. It's her dad, but that's not the case. Nope, definitely not. <laughs> Fucking hell, man. They gotta pick better names and make people enunciate <laughs> shit on this show. Because I've heard Daddy multiple times now. And it's not Daddy, it's Danny. It's Danny. <laughs> no Daddies. <laughs> no Daddies on no Lost. No Daddies on Lost. Only Fathers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Okay. So, the interesting thing about Alex is it, it seems like she's kind of allowed to, like run amok to run amok and be blatantly like fuck all you guys <laughs> yeah i mean she shows up like shooting people with a slingshot yeah and, and, happens to and all and yeah they just grab her and cart her off like yep there's clear like e either she knows something or she's important in yep. some way i mean obviously her importance is has already been kind of maybe not established but definitely hinted at by the whole thing with rousseau right She's obviously got something that's... Yeah, I mean, up until her. this point, we know, obviously, she's very important to Rousseau, being her daughter, but... She's obviously important in other ways because she, she shows up in all these other scenes. Yeah, yeah, she seems to be important to the others as well because she's getting away with a lot. She's demanding lot. to see Ben. Yeah, she's demanding to see Ben as if that's something that she can demand, right? Yeah. So, yeah, the, there's much more to learn about Alex. Do we know who her boyfriend is? Oh, God, have they said it yet? Yes, they have. Um, her boyfriend is Carl, the guy who was in the other cage when Sawyer got there. Remember? No. Okay, so <laughs> at the beginning of the season, when Sawyer is put in his cage, there is a guy in the other cage who breaks out and breaks him out as well. Right, okay. But then they get caught and they beat the shit out of him and yeah. they make him apologize. So when that initially happened, you were like, this is obviously fake, right? This was just to freak him out. Right. And then later, Alex seems genuinely very upset about her boyfriend, Carl, who was in the other cage, right? Yeah. So, yes, it, it, it seems like maybe that guy, that wasn't actually fake. Um, because she seems very distraught and seems to think that they've killed him. So, yeah, that's, that's Alex. Juliet in this scene is kind of talking in an undertone to Pickett. And she says that what they're working on, they need, it needs to happen faster. I think that's all that we really hear is it needs to happen faster. So maybe what they're working on is actually something real and not just busy work like we thought. Yeah, they uh, that comes up later when I think it's Jack asks Kate when Jack sees Kate. She's like, what, what do they have you doing? She's like, we're working. I don't know what it is, but it's something big. Something big. Yeah, um, because previously, I, like I like we thought before, I thought it was just like 
literal prison work where they just make them chip rocks past yeah the exactly time. yeah but no they they seem to actually be working on something we haven't seen any of the product of that no we have not we've okay. only seen them breaking rocks we only seen them breaking rocks they had a big bonfire going for some reason yeah even though it's hot as fuck i'm not sure yeah. what the point of that was <laughs> maybe just to punish them but everyone else was sweating like a bitch too so i'm not really sure yeah. what the the goal was there other than the fact that the visuals were cool as they were looking through the heat waves at right. Kate as she was walking towards Sawyer. Yeah. It's all the aesthetic, Marshall. That's all that matters. Sometimes it feels like that, yes. <laughs> uh, Juliet tells Kate to put a bag over her head and come with her uh, and just very casually says that if you don't, Pickett will kill Sawyer. But the whole time she's saying it, just like every time she talks to Jack, she has that little smirk on her face. Yeah. That little, like, I'm on your side face, right? But it's like, what the fuck, Juliet? <laughs> I mean, she's not, I don't, I don't, it doesn't seem like she's on anybody's side. She's on Juliet's side. Right, yes. Do you think, okay, so we know there's a power struggle, right? Yep. Because we know that she asked Jack to kill Ben, make yep. it look like an accident, and then it's something people have wanted for a while. Do you think that Juliet would be, like, do you think she's hiding something big? Like, maybe she's more malevolent than Ben? Because she says she wants she wants to, you know, make things right. And, oh, she did, she she's sorry for bringing Jack there and blah, blah, blah. Like, she's making it sound like these horrible things we're doing to your people. We don't agree with it. And we want to yeah, stop I don't, it. Yeah, I don't buy that. Right? I, I, she, she just wants power because she wants power. It's not yeah. some kind of benevolent thing. Right. She's probably bad in a different way. That's really... That's how... In the history of humanity, that's how the, the hierarchy of power works. Yeah. <laughs> so if somebody wants it from somebody else, it's not because they want to do better. It's just they have right. a different idea of how to punish people. Right. I do like that concept, though, as, like, the the idea of her being even more malevolent than yeah. Ben is a really, a really cool thing to think about. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, the, uh, the fan forums were blowing up about that one. Ooh. About that theory at this time. They were I'm, like, what the fuck is up with Juliet? Yes, she's so <laughs> shifty. Like, yeah. ben, ben, like, has a cup, like, two faces he makes. Like, he, he's either, like, pleasantly surprised or very serious. But Juliet yeah. is always just kind of like, oh, hello, I'm Juliet. Right. She's always, like, smirking and, like, soft-spoken kind of almost condescending like i'm on your side sweetie just kind of almost voice, right? yeah just yeah. barely condescending yeah so here's where we get into some uh love triangle territory but also this scene makes me feel really bad for kate <laughs> again okay so juliet walks kate to jack's cell and there is like a palpable connection the second they make eye contact, right? Like, yeah. you can, it's like you can actually see a spark <laughs> between them as they walk towards the glass and they're like putting their hands on the glass and like just getting as close to each other as they can. And sometimes I'm really a sucker for it, and this scene I am. <laughs> <laughs> but then everything, everything turns on its head because Kate starts crying and begging Jack to do whatever they're asking you to do, because if you don't, they're going to kill Sawyer. Yep. She says that if you do it, and if you do it soon, they'll let us go. And he says, and you believe that? And she says, I have to. Mm. So he gets super pissed. Uh, he yells at the camera. He says, we're done in here. And then we see a, we see a shot of Ben, and it's very hard to read his expression. But, again, he seems scared. Like... This was supposed to work. Right? Yeah. Tenderhearted yeah, Jack, who is so in love with Kate, should have melted when she came in and begged him to do this. Yeah. And it's clear, it, it, it seems clear to me in this scene that, like, Ben probably did have some really elaborate, clever, genius plan. For sure. To, to, to kind of organically get Jack on their side. And now he's kind of being forced to do this heavy-handed shit, like, oh, just bring Kate in here and have her beg him, right? Like, this is not the kind, this is not sophisticated enough of a plan for Ben, but it's all that he has left, and it's not working. <laughs> yeah, he's watching all of his back, his, like, plan B, C, D, E, F, yeah, exactly. all fail in front of him. Yeah. Which he's probably not used to seeing. Right. Or at the very least, it's not, like, 
I would assume, and I have no reason to assume this, but I'm going to assume that there hasn't been a situation before where he's needed a drastic surgery. And this has right. been like a thing. Right. Like he's obviously had his other... life has probably never been on the line like this before. Right. Like he's pro- he's used other people as pawns and all yeah. that kind of stuff. And maybe stuff hasn't worked out, but it's not a big deal because he's not the guy out there. But right. he's like, I, this is the, I gotta, he's gotta get that thing out my neck so I don't die. <laughs> yeah. And it's not working. Right. So this scene, Kate wakes up in her, ca- or she's in her cage again, and Sawyer's cage is empty. And yes. Juliet says, I'm sorry you weren't able to help us. Uh, and it's just a moment of horror, right? Because she's assuming the worst. And then Piggott comes and comes out with Sawyer and beats the shit out of him and he says... If you got anything to say to your girl, you better say it tonight. And then he sure does. <laughs> he sure does say it to her that night. Uh, Kate catches Sawyer up on everything that's going on. And he's pissed at her. Just like Jack is. <laughs> yep. He's, he's pissed at her for urging Jack to do the surgery. Because he's like, fuck no. He shouldn't do that surgery. Let Ben die, right? Yeah. So she's mad at him for being mad at her because she wants to save his life. And... She climbs out of her cage and tries to break him out again. And then he finally tells her, there's no point. We don't have anywhere to go. We're on a second island. Which it, which surpri- like surprised me because I forgot that that wasn't common knowledge at this point. Yeah, yeah. Sawyer is the only one who knows that. Yeah, that's a big, big piece of information. It is a big piece of information that Jack doesn't know. Yep. <laughs> which is a problem. Yep. So, of course, she's mad at him for not telling her, but he says, I wanted you to believe we had a chance. Kate does her go-to move where she dramatically starts crying and then making out while crying. (laughs) (laughs) Just like she did to Jack in, like, season one. Remember when she made out with Jack and then literally ran away? Yep. (laughs) And we talked about it for, like, half an hour. (laughs) So, it's it's just so bad. Except she doesn't run away this time. This time, they fucking... Uh, was this... There wasn't another scene between that and this? Yeah, because they almost... This that happens after they almost execute Sawyer. No. 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 He says, "If you have anything to want to say to your girl, you best say it tonight." It's the next day when they're going to shoot him. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Whatever. Yeah, yeah they, like they their, have this this whole this. Yeah, this is supposed to be their kind of farewell, right? And they make the beast with two backs. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, fifteen-year-old me really liked it. Oh, I'm sure. Twenty-eight-year-old me doesn't hate it. <laughs> I'll still take it. <laughs> uh, this is where I was on Instagram. Oh. I mean, they have, like, really hot chemistry. It just doesn't do anything for me. Well, okay. I just want more interesting shit to happen. This is <laughs> the, I've never been a big romance, like, in, in film true. kind of thing. And not that I don't think it has its place. Like, there's plenty of places where it's done effectively. But when it's in a show like this... It's like, I want to see more esoteric, weird shit about the surveillance and the monster and the sky turning purple. No time for sex. But we got to No, no time for sex on this island. I don't want to see (laughs) them getting a bunch of, like, L.A. uh, tap water dumped on them in a fake cage while they, (laughs) like, they flash cut between taking clothes off because they can't actually show any nudity. It's just, doesn't do anything for me. Well... That's fair. <laughs> you sound sad. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not personal. <laughs> They're just both really attractive. No, I, I, I mean, sure, but it's just like, all right, just get, just get to some stuff that's like, I give a shit about. Well, the next scene between them breaks my fucking heart. Oh, yeah, this is more of a. I was on Instagram for this too. Well, it's fuck like. Oh, oh sorry, I, I was on Reddit at this point. Oh, okay. Well, (laughs) they are cuddling after the the deed, and... At least, at least they did that properly. That is correct. That is the proper procedure. (laughs) And Sawyer is, like, just like a little puppy dog. He is, like, on cloud nine. He is so in love with Kate. And he says... The day that Pickett was beaten on me and you said I love you, that was just to get him to stop, right? He's kind of grinning at her as if he knows the answer. And she doesn't say anything. She just kisses him, which is not an answer. But he takes it as an answer and says, I love you too. 
Yep. Like, Sawyer, bud, she didn't say I love you, man. Bro, she didn't. She, like, very intentionally didn't say I love you in that moment, my dude. (sighs) I just just love Sawyer, and I hate that that Kate happened to him. (laughs) Just so easily manipulated. So, anyway, this this whole sequence, the, the scene between her and Jack, followed almost immediately by the scene with her having sex with Sawyer, and then him telling her that he loves her, to me, kind of directly parallels her flashbacks in this episode. Yeah. Like, if we are to assume, which I think we should assume, that she really did love Kevin the cop, or at the very least, <laughs> she loved Kevin the cop. She loved the life that she could have had with him, right? Yeah. Like, whether or not she actually loved him, it was a true love of what she was going to have if she stayed with him. I think that that is Jack. Jack is supposed to represent, like, her true, actual love. Hmm. And Sawyer is her, you know, not being able to cope, not being able to do it, and so drugging Kevin the cop and running away at the end, right? Like, Sawyer is what she's settling for and what she thinks she deserves when really she's actually in love with Jack, I think. Okay. Especially, like, from everything we've seen, and obviously I can't tell you what happens from this point on, but this is purely everything we've seen up to this point, and especially this episode, the way it is framed. That one scene that we see between Jack and Kate, the, like, longing on her face, <laughs> right? Yeah, it just, it, it for me, it was just kind of like, and okay, on And on his face, too. It just... It just keeps, like, devaluing her character to me in terms of she's just... Oh, for sure. Like, a it thing sucks. to be it passed around between is, the two yeah. of them. Yeah, it super sucks that this is pretty much it for her character. Also, uh, just a quick sidebar. Can you imagine what it would be like if they they went into the sex scene and then they came out of it, but then it was like, uh, well, you know, that was, that was all right. Uh, I'm going to go wash off in the <laughs> rainwater over here. <laughs> You could, like if it if it sucked. Yeah, you can you can you know you can get out of this cage and go sleep back in your own oh cage. That never happens, but it is funny to think about. Oh man! They're like instead of cuddling, they're just sitting there like like kind of like twiddling their thumbs or like playing with a <laughs> stick or something. Just like oh, that certainly happened. Yeah, because can you imagine like doing it in a know. cage full a of cage, dirt yeah. and leaves and bark? No. Yeah. Also, Ben got to watch the whole time. <laughs> well, they didn't know that. <laughs> they didn't. They know, they know they're on camera. They do not know they're on camera. Jack knows. Do they really not know they're on camera? No, they don't know they're on camera. They do not know that they're on camera. So, like, they probably should have. They they should have assumed they're being watched. I think that Sawyer probably assumes that. Also, oh, no. so he so he's a he's a uh, no. What, I what's the word? Not voyeur, but the other the other one. Oh, uh, exhibitionist. <laughs> exhibitionist. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Anyway, Sawyer assumes I'm sure he's an that, exhibitionist. That they stop it. That they he know wants, what they're uh, doing. He's like, oh yeah, I'm proud of this one. All right. They <laughs> know for sure that they are on camera. I'll say that. <laughs> okay. So our next scene with Jack. He's asleep in his cell, and the intercom crackles again, and he hears a voice. Did you hear who it sounds like? Alex? Yeah. Okay. The voice sounds like Alex. Tells him to try the door. The door's open. He sneaks down the hallway, and he finds the room with all the monitors, which he, at first, kind of ignores. He walks past it to find a closet full of guns. He gets a gun, and then he takes a closer look at the monitors, and he sees Kate and Sawyer cuddling up. Yep. Ben says, if it helps, I was surprised too. If I were a betting man, I would have picked her and you. He says, I suppose this would be the proverbial nail in my coffin. And then Jack says, tomorrow, tomorrow morning. He says, I'll get it out and I'll keep you alive, but I need your word. And this, what he says, word for word, he says, I need what you promised me before. I need to get the hell off this island. Yes. Poor word choice. For someone who doesn't realize that there's two islands, <laughs> right? Oh uh, yeah, it's be like a I genie, a trick, hell. a trick of the genie. I need to get the hell off this island. So, yeah, not great. 
Also, real quick. Yeah. The handgun he picks up is a Walther. Oh yeah. That was... Like a German pistol, but like from very early, very similar to what they would have used in World War II, which goes on to continue this concept of like all the anachronistic different things that are present like there's all these different places that seem to have been installed in different time frames okay yeah i didn't see i didn't get a chance to see what the rifles were but they were like woodstock and if they were also german they probably would have been like gewehr style just like early semi-automatic rifles but just like the the continuation of these disparate weapon types is is interesting to me because it's it's not, and again, like, the type of handgun he picked up is not something you would just see, like, oh, yeah, we'll just throw that in there. It's, like, a very distinct, right? weird, like, a weird thing to choose. Like, it's yeah, not it's okay. not just, like, another Glock or, like, right. a 1911, like, a standard-looking gun. It's a very unique-looking gun that tells me that he, they made a choice, at least, in some aspect. Okay. Um, also, the TVs looked, I mean, they're all CRTs, but they looked older, than maybe what we'd seen before like in the uh pearl the setup looked yeah, a little older. yeah i agree with that i think yeah okay. yeah yeah they were smaller the resolution was worse yeah yeah you're right wood paneling on everything in contrast to that they have like all of this we get to it later but fairly up-to-date medical equipment all things considered right yeah all right it's weird it's it's supposed to be yeah it's supposed to be kind of Good. unsettling Good. and, and confusing what, what era, you know, we're supposed to be in right now. But I, I saw that and I was like, that that is another very distinct, purposeful choice Okay, made. yeah. Very interesting. Our next scene between Jack and Juliet, they're scrubbing in for the surgery. Jack is telling her he has to, she has to do everything that he says. She says, you may find this hard to believe, but I've always been very good at just following orders. Hmm. I don't understand you, Juliet. <laughs> of course I do, but you don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's very good. Ben looks deliciously vulnerable on the table. <laughs> it's oh, like, yeah. Oh, my God. The temptation to just, like, stab him probably would have been... Oh, bad, man. Right? Like, before they even start, just like... <laughs> yeah. Ben says, whatever happens, everything will be very different, won't it? But then, did you catch this part? He said, did Alex ask about me? Yes. Are you dying <laughs> to know? Uh, what does that mean? <laughs> did Alex ask about me? She says, no, we took her home last night. I don't know where she is now. Took her so, home. Ben has some very complex relationships with random people. <laughs> yes, he does. That we need to learn more about, including Alex. Ben is now unconscious. As soon as he's unconscious, Pickett leaves, takes Sawyer out of his cage, Okay, real quick. Or, when, yeah, yes. when they're when they're leaving, I did what yes. you told me. I turned on subtitles. Yeah. And he's with Confused that other about what you saw. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> he's with that other guy who I don't think has a name. Tom. Huh? Tom. Okay, sure, Tom. Uh, and he's like something about Jacob's list. Yes, he says. Ben just put his life in the hands of one of them. Shepard wasn't on even, Jacob's yes, list. Wasn't, on wasn't Jacob's even list. on Jacob's list. Do we know who Jacob is? Nope. We God sure don't. damn it. But we sure will. <laughs> Someday. Is it? There's no clues. Like, there's literally no, nothing I could connect at this point. Have we met Jacob? Can I tell you that? Is Jacob Ethan? Up until this point, no. You have not seen anything that would give you the slightest clue as to who Jacob is or if we have met him yet. Jacob is a completely new entity to us. Is he Ethan? I'm not gonna... Okay, no, he's not Ethan. But I'm... <laughs> other than that, I'm not gonna tell you who Jacob is. Okay. <laughs> Ethan is Ethan. And Ethan's dead. Yes, right? Ethan's dead. Yes. Okay, yeah. Ethan's dead. So, okay. All We've right. had that, a hell of that, a lot of That lists. scene made me turn the captions on. Okay, good. Because I heard it. He's not even on Drift Trip to Fit. It's like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> so, okay. We've Jacob's had lots of lists. Lots of lists, right, that we know about so far. We know about the list for the tail section. We know that Hurley was given a list with 
the four names on it. I'm sorry, not Hurley. Michael was given a list yeah. with um, Hurley, Jack, Kate Sawyer on it, right? But they're saying Jack wasn't on Jacob's list, so I guess that's not Jacob's list. That's just a list. <laughs> Jacob's list. So is this... Okay. We have a lot of names, and a lot of the names have some kind of significance. Right. Uh, is Ethan a biblical name? I'm going to have to ask Dr. Google for that. Okay. Uh, Jacob definitely is. So is Benjamin. I'm just trying to see if there's some kind of link with, like, the biblical names versus the philosophical names. Where we have Locke, Desmond. Right. What's Jack's last name? Shepard. Shepard. Well, that's not really. That's just kind of nail on the head kind of thing. But Right. <laughs> you, know, it, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, I'm trying to see if they, I'm trying to, like, mentally log... Biblical names versus known philosophers to see if there's anything there. Right. I guess Ethan's probably not. Um, it's Hebrew in origin. It means strong, safe, solid, and firm. Oh, firm. Oh my god. Very nice. <laughs> All right. So, well, but whatever. anyway, okay. Yeah. We'll say Ethan's not, but J Jacob and Benjamin definitely are. Oh yeah. What's the picket? Danny? Danny's not a... Danny. Danny's yeah. not biblical. Oh, Daniel is. Yes, Daniel is, yeah. And Danny, I don't know anybody's name Danny that's not Daniel. Right. Oh, Danny boy. So, so anyways, there's a there's something there I'm calling it right there. now. Yep, there's, something, there. <laughs> there's something there. Seems like it might make sense, right? Yes, it okay. does make sense, for sure. So, yeah, Jacob's List. Okay. Jacob's List. Up until now, we've been led to believe that these lists, you know, from, from the mouth of the others, according to them, these lists are good people, right? Whatever their definition of good is. Good people who, you know, we want to give a better life, right? By yeah. joining us, I guess. Yeah. Real so subjective. we have floated the idea before that Jack maybe was specifically chosen just because he's a surgeon who can help Ben, right? Right, but he's not on Jacob's list. So he's not on Jacob's list, which m maybe means that he's not a good person that the others want, right? They just need his skill set for this one specific thing, but it's not the same as these other people that they're taking, right? Right. That leaves Kate and Sawyer in flux, like, okay, did they only pick them to As bait. manipulate Jack, or are they also on Jacob's list? We don't know. So yeah, this just kind of creates a whole nother list of questions <laughs> about Jacob's list, as opposed to the list that we saw Jack's name on, and lends itself to the theory that, also, if this person, Jacob, is making lists, that seems like... Maybe he's pretty high up on the chain, right? Yeah, higher than Ben, maybe. Potentially, yeah. It certainly seems like Pickett might view Jacob as a higher authority than Ben. If as soon as as soon as soon Ben is unconscious, he's like, okay, he wasn't on Jacob's list. So he seems to think that Ben has done something very stupid, right? Yes. By trusting Jack. He wasn't even on Jacob's list. Kind of seems like, at least to Pickett, Jacob is higher up, right? Correct. So, lot, lots to explore there. The surgery starts, Ben's unconscious, Jack very quickly, intentionally sabotages the surgery, right? He, what does he even do? He's, he says he cuts his kidney cuts sack. Cuts his kidney, yeah, yeah. His kidney he, sack, which is, <laughs> isn't that like the mesentery? Isn't that like all the, all that stuff is held in by like one big membrane? Oh god, I don't, don't, don't ask me to remember that. <laughs> but kidney sack is a weird, I've never heard that. I watch a ton of surgery videos. I've never heard kidney sack. But <laughs> well, he he slices it open. He slices that kidney and he sack. Knocks out the other surgeon who's in the room or nurse or whatever. I was so proud of Jack in this moment. Yeah. Yes. He uh, he says Ben will die in an hour unless he does something, and he demands a walkie-talkie. I love the specificity of an hour. <laughs> yeah. I nicked, I nicked his kidney sack, and it's leaking out I... at about three centimeters a minute. <laughs> he's got an hour till he's gonna be, it's gonna be like our fucking human raisin, <laughs> and his his human wine is gonna be all over the floor. Oh man! So Tom brings him a walkie-talkie. 
Pickett has taken Sawyer out of his cage and he's going to shoot him. He yep. says, this is for Colleen, you son of a bitch. But just before he shoots him, he hears from Tom on the walkie. He says, give your walkie to Kate. If you don't, the doctor is going to let Ben die. And that's Zeke telling him that. Yes. His name is actually Tom. Tom, that's right. <laughs> <clears throat> what was the other guy's name? Not to- So he took like a little, he took like a Asian looking, vaguely Asian looking guy with him. Oh, you're right. That wasn't Tom. That wasn't um, Tom. You're right. Uh, we don't know his name. I don't think we know his name. Okay. Yeah, you're right. That was just a random. Okay, I'm not crazy. Everybody. Yeah, sorry. That's what I thought. Uh, <laughs> Jack on the walkie-talkie says, Kate, you have an hour head start before they come after you. Uh, he tells her, when you get safe, radio me back and tell me the story that I told you the day of the crash. If I don't get a call from you in the next hour... I'm going to know something went wrong, and Ben dies. Ben dies. And then Kate's, like, blubbering, and Jack says, I don't know, I do not know why, but this is, like, my favorite Jack line of the entire show. At the very end, he goes, Kate, damn it, run! (laughs) Kate, damn it, run! I don't know why I love it so much. I think it's because, like, it's one of those snippets that, for what feels like forever... We're going to be seeing it in the previously on Lost segment. Ah! Hey, damn it, run! Just over and over and over and over. That tracks. And I love it so much. And it's just so symbolic of, like, their relationship (laughs) up until now and just forever. (laughs) Kate, damn it, run! I don't know. It's good. It's perfect. I love Jack. As as good as the line was earlier about you won't have to be disappointed for very long, (laughs) Kate, damn it, run, tops it for me. In terms of my favorite line. I think disappointed for very long is my the, top. The, the the delivery. Yeah. So yeah, lots of problems with this uh, plan. Most notably, they're on another island. Yeah. So it's probably not going to be great. An hour trekking through the jungle is not going to be very far. <laughs> yeah. Call me back in an hour. Tell me how many steps you've taken. Yeah, like if it won't you... Be, it won't be many. If you were able to, like walk fast for an hour that would be five miles yeah if you were able to hold a marathon pace that would be maybe eight miles maybe ten it's not very well, anyway, far it just sounds like a threateningly concise period of time <laughs> no it's good it's good to move it along it's just like if you if you step back and think about how long that is and how they have to get somewhere it's like well that's not very far but okay right anyway <clears throat> I mean, um, we haven't seen helicopters yet, so, you know. Right, right, right. If they have to search on foot, it's going to be a real pain in the ass. Yeah. And he's not saying, like, when you make it back to our camp. He just says right. when you get safe. So, like, get somewhere, hide, and then call me back, right? Um. So, anyway. Yeah, that's uh, that's where we're leaving that little thread for this episode. I do. <laughs> but that's not all. That's not all we saw in this episode. Remember? Oh, right. Mr. Echo got buried. There's one more time. Um, on our primary islands. Yes. So, Locke, notably, is not super, uh, we're, we're, we're with the party who, who tried to rescue Echo, right? Right. Um, Locke is not quite honest with them about what killed Echo, uh, but Saeed doesn't buy it. Yeah, he Um, gets out of them. Yeah. But, it's interesting that, you know, we had thought that Locke was transformed and then he was going to be a little more open with people and a little more practical. But he's already back to being mysterious Locke again. I didn't, Saeed, I, I didn't really think he was going to be more open. Well, so we had the little snippet with him when they were going to go off to rescue Echo and also look for that hatch. Where he was basically like, anybody who wants to come can come. And Hurley was like, well, hang on a second. That's not oh, how we do right. around here. Right? right. It, it was like, oh, okay, maybe he's going to not give a fuck anymore and he's going to let everybody in on his little secrets, right? But no. He tries not to, but then Saeed calls him out on it. Um, Saeed says, I believe in what I can see. Why don't you tell me what you think it is? Locke says, it might be what brought us here. I believe Echo died for a reason. I just don't know what it is yet. Which he um, repeats during his eulogy. Yes. So, now, now that Locke thinks that something has happened for a reason, and he needs to figure that reason out, he's back to being all mysterious again. Oh yeah. The jungle group. My has, boy. <laughs> the jungle group has a little funeral for Echo. Uh, Locke 
does the eulogy again, like I said. But at the end of it, the light catches on Echo's stick, and Locke reads the words again. Lift up your eyes, eyes and look, look north. north. I'm sure we'll learn more about that. I am sure. <laughs> so that's it. that's it for for them this episode. Um, there's not really much to go on, but we know that something is stirring, and Locke is back to his old self again. Do you think that he has already forgotten about his promise to save Jack, Kate, and Sawyer? I don't think so. I I mean, that seems like something that would still benefit him. Right, so it doesn't. It doesn't seem like it's something he'd just throw away immediately. Okay. Right, because it would. Even if he is not able to save all of them, he would definitely learn something about the island. And then if he was able to save all of them, it would super duper endear him with everybody else there, and maybe right. make him seem like the preferable leader over any of the other three because he saved their asses. Okay. So, um, I don't think he's forgotten about it. I mean. It, Unless there's something I'm missing. Well, I just mean he seems to have his old spark back, right? Right. He's definitely going to kind of take the longest way possible, I would say. Right. But I, I don't think it's something that he's going to totally neglect. Okay. Maybe he will. It sounds like he will. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we will see. Uh, we will see. <laughs> the you waste. are right. You are right that it would still benefit him. Yeah. It um, would look really good. Yeah. If he's trying to, like, you know, make himself more of a leader. And also, yeah. if he wants to learn more about the island, the others might be a good place to start. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. I would say that's <laughs> probably the only way to start at this yep. point. So, yeah, there might be kind of like how there was uh, more than one reason to head to the plane, right? Save Echo, but also kill two birds with one stone. Go to that computer in the hatch. Yes. He might be killing two birds with one stone going to save jack as well we'll see that is i do all right i got one quick i don't know a thought i guess oh a thought yes uh the concept of <coughs> names on a list uh yep. makes me think and it's the first time it's uh come to me uh makes me think of calvinism familiar okay. with calvinism I, uh not very so you'll have uh to predestination walk, walk me through that one okay yes yeah okay so there's like a I think it's the same as, like, the number of the members of Judah. It's, like, 12 times, or 120 times. Eh, it's, like, 144,000, I think, are the souls destined to, for heaven, right? It's the concept of predestination uh, okay. from Calvinism okay. based on based on a, a couple of verses in the Bible. One of them is, it like, actually lists numbers, like, like 70 times 7. Talk about for, forgiveness, like, you forgive somebody 490 times or whatever, right? But there's, a, there's another section where they talk about the number of, like the members of the tribes of Judah it might be revelations. They're talking about like the end time armies or whatever, but they get a number of like 144,000 from somewhere. Okay. Um, something close to that. Anyways, the concept of predestination is like the fundamental part of Calvinism, which is where you're supposed to try to be as devout as you can, but it doesn't matter because it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. People are already picked to go to right. heaven. Uh, okay. <clears throat> the concept of like names and not being on the list being on a list reminds me of okay. that especially okay. being tied into like the people with the biblical names versus the philosophers okay um, just made me think of that that is a very good thought that you should hold on to okay I like that. <laughs> that's very interesting yeah all right very cool i'm gonna write down actually i don't want to forget that you said that okay give me a second <laughs> uh not that, the, not that the concept of a select few is unique to, like, Calvinism or Christianity, right? That's a thing that pops up in a bunch of different religions. But this seems to be pretty, like... Well, right, but they've been pretty heavy-handed about, like... Or, not heavy-handed, but they've they've been pretty uh, consistent about the phrasing of, like, good people and... Yeah, and it's, it's Giving like, them a better life and we're the good guys. It's, and... like, Western-focused, mostly. Except yeah, for, yeah. like, the concept of Dharma and, like, the right. Buddhist side of things. But... In terms of, like, the predestination stuff, most people in the West would associate that. If they are familiar with it, they associate with Calvinism. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> um, Let's see. So if we meet somebody named Calvin or Hobbes, perhaps, <laughs> that would be even... Oh, Calvin! Hold on. Or was Calvin. it Kel Kelvin? Kelvin. Fuck! <laughs> All right, never mind. <laughs> ah, oh, I man, thought I... So God, I was I so excited. Said, I should have said yes. <laughs> yes, of course. Kel Kelvin. Kelvin. Anyways. Um... 
the only <laughs> <laughs> fuck i only have one fun fact about this episode and it's just kind of fun funny fact okay it's a it's a fun it's funny it just makes me laugh to visualize this and i wish i could see it in a blooper or something um apparently in the first flashback of this episode when kate jumps into kevin's arms and they start like making out or whatever yeah there's apparently an outtake that exists where she jumped so enthusiastically on him that they like crashed through the wall. That's funny. <laughs> like the set wall just like knocked it over and he fell like over. One layer of drywall. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that oh, that was funny. I couldn't also, find a I don't, video of it. I don't know if it's a blooper or if it's something that I wasn't sure what it was, but in the scene where Juliet brings Kate to see Jack, she says uh, i'm gonna leave i'm gonna give you some privacy or whatever and she leaves the room when she turns around there's something stuck in her waistband that looks a lot like a lavalier mic pack but um, i'm not sure if that's something else like a was it a walkie-talkie maybe it m- might have been but it was like very square with nothing sticking out of it and it looked like exactly oh. the way you would rig a lab mic but i'm not sure it might have been a walkie-talkie it could be. I've definitely read, like, I never catch this stuff when I'm watching it, um, but I've definitely read a lot of, like, um, blooper moments where people talk about being able to see mic packs and stuff. Uh, so, it could have been that, or it might have been that it was supposed to be a walkie-talkie or that weird, like, taser gun thing. Yeah, it could have been one of those. It was, like, very centered, so maybe it was intentional, but it definitely yeah. looked like a love mic. Yeah. Good catch, Marshall. Yeah. I suck at stuff like that. Well, I welcome, think it's like, I welcome think it's to like, useless movie trivia. With, no, um, it's interesting. I think that my heart doesn't want me to see stuff like that on Lost, so I just like don't see it. <laughs> oh, that's fair. I mean, because I've watched it so many times. I don't know if that makes me more or less perceptive to stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? Like the sheer number of times that I've watched it. I think you might have to like. At a certain point, you need to like be looking for stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Because. It, you have to like look in places you're you wouldn't expect to you know right right like looking for a boom mic like if a boom mic is in a shot it's always like at the very peripheral just like some, yeah like a weird fuzzy thing that's supposed to be yeah. there <clears throat> i'm just so used to like i just kind of look for that stuff because i find it interesting uh yeah not i'm not like trying to pick anything apart it's just how i've come to watch movies right but uh or not and this isn't a movie but anyways, <laughs> content. How I could do content. I know, I know what you're saying. Right, okay, but I just whew. keep saying movie. Uh, I think that's all that I have for this one. The overall most fun fact from the episode is that she blew up her dad. She blew up her dad, guys. God. <laughs> I blew up my dad. It that blew. is kind of a ridiculous way to say it's it. It's a ridiculous way of saying it. Thank you. Like, you could have just said you killed him. I blew up my dad. I blew up my dad. Like a like a Macy's Day Parade balloon. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. The next episode is called "Not in Portland." Not in Portland. The fuck? <laughs> I think you'll be um, I think you'll be excited for this one. Okay, the Desmond episode. <laughs> potentially. Potentially. But I, I potentially. Not in Portland. Who's from Portland? I, do we know? No. no okay, we don't. <laughs> okay. Thank you. <laughs> no, we certainly don't. It doesn't help at all. But you know what? We'll find out next week. Hell yeah. And it's going to be exciting. In the meantime, you guys can reach out to us on social media. We are on Twitter at Jungle of Mystery. We are on Instagram at Jungle of Mystery Pod. And we have a Gmail that is Jungle of Mystery Pod at gmail.com. If you'd like to listen to the podcast, you can find us on uh, Anchor, where we publish it, except it's called Spotify for Podcasters now. So basically Spotify. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, and some assorted other ones. We recently passed, or actually it's been two weeks now, I think, we passed 4,000 listeners. Not listeners. No, I was like, damn, that was a leap. 4,000 listens. 4,000 okay. plays. Jesus there Christ. There we go. There we go. But we are at, we uh, immediately went back to our pre-break level of 60 people per episode. Well, that is very exciting. Um, yes. We definitely we have, a dedicated have fan base. Yeah. I love. Thank you um, to everybody. 
talking to you guys on Twitter, especially. Um, uh, especially in light of some things that have come out in the community recently. <laughs> God. Some of y'all messaged me, um, uh, Ken on Twitter, one of those who messaged, um, supporting, uh, supporting us wanting to continue recording and just kind of the general sentiment that everyone seems to have in the lost Twitter community, which is just, we're going to keep on loving the content, even if we don't love the people that are behind it. But, uh, we are, we are going to keep going. We are having fun. Listen, I got kids to feed, so fuck, fuck that. We got to keep making this thing. <laughs> Marshall has to know what happens next. So. Ethics aside. <laughs> God. Okay. Stop. We have to see okay. Um, until next time. Next week we'll be talking about not in Portland. But until then, I'll see you in another life, brother. Hey, fuck. I forgot that I'm the one who goes first. Wow. <laughs> I was just like, Christ. Just, like, just like vibrating in my chair waiting for you to start. <laughs> I was like, okay. You want to do another one, or? Um, yeah, let's try that again. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs>